Last week, we started a series called Be Done. I'm going to throw the slide up there. Be Done. And the idea there is thy will be done, not my will. And, and we looked at this, and we started two weeks ago, you know, with the beginning of the year, and, and we looked at the verse uh, from Matthew 6.33 where Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And the, the whole idea of, like, making a year that we would just seek first God's kingdom, that we would seek first and, and see what he has for us. So that kingdom come, thy will be done. Last week we started the series on part one of Be Done. My challenge for everyone, and the challenge will continue, so I'm just going to give you the challenge at the top of the message, also at the end of the message. We are praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We're keeping it pretty simple because I, I believe if, if, we, if we pray that sincerely from our hearts, God, what is your will? Your kingdom come. You know, and the word thy, it's an old King James word, but it means your. But thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We anchor this off in Matthew 6, starting verse 9. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me there, Matthew 6. This is the prayer that Jesus gave to his disciples, his followers, probably the most famous prayer, arguably, on the planet of all time. Disciples are saying, hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray. So he gives us a model for prayer, and it's a great prayer. Many of you grew up memorizing this prayer. I myself also did that. But we're really keying in on this, but I, I want to, again, lay the foundation as we continue forward. Matthew 6, verse 9, Matthew, first gospel, New Testament. If you don't know what that is, I would love to show you. It's pretty awesome. We have Bibles in the back. We can give you, get you, get you going on your journey. Most of us have heard this, but I, I want you to, to read with me if you want. But if you just need to, like, close your eyes for a moment and let the word of God just go into your ears, that's always good, too come from hearing. Our Father, Jesus said, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, which means holy, reverent is your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Your Bible might say your. Old school is thy. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Your Bible actually might say the evil one. That's depending on how you translate that, the evil or the evil one. For thine, yours, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So the series Be Done, we looked at that. And, and let me just recap uh, this for, for those that weren't here last week. The question last week was, how can we know God's plan for our lives to experience him every day with fresh power and fresh strength and grow in our relationship with Christ? That, that was a big foundation I had to lay last week. And how can we do that? And for starters, we looked at we need to walk with God. We need to develop a relationship with him. I mean, from the very beginning in Genesis, God walked with Adam and Eve. There was a relationship there. God's all about relationship. And as, as we move through the story, it's all about relationship with Christ. He brings relationship back to people that are far from God. We go all the way to the end of the story, and God is still all about relationship, forever relationship. And I said this last week, and, and we looked at this a little bit. We, we want to seek to know him and not just know about him. We want to know God, but not just, we don't want to just have head knowledge. We want to have heart knowledge. We want to understand God in, in a real way. And, and I love that because when you do a study and you, you look at the word know from, from the uh, translation in the Greek, know was very logical. It was very right here in your mind, which I love. And I mentioned it last week that one of our professors at Bible college said, God 
Jesus came to take away your sins, not your mind. I love that. He came to take away our sins, not our minds. So it's okay to use our minds to think and to, to study. And I myself, and, and maybe some of you are in that place, you know, I, I've had to study. I, I was challenged a lot growing up because I was raised by an atheist dad, which is always a challenge when you're, you're going to church and you go, come home and you're like, I don't believe that. That's a challenge, right? You have to kind of dig in and go deep. You can't just take the surface stuff. So I, I just want you to know, and by the way, my, my pops actually gave his life to Christ before he passed away, so that's good news. But that's always a challenge. So you might be in that intellectual place today, but you might be in that place where, you know, I do know God. I, I, I've heard about him. I'm in a relationship with him, but I, too, want more of him. I want everything he has for me. And that's kind of who I'm talking to this morning. Because God's plan starts with relationship. Thy will, not my will. Giving up my will for his. There's a word for that. It's called surrender. But I have found as a follower of Christ, even the words I surrender can become a real struggle in our lives. We say things like, God, I want to know your will. That's my prayer. I want to know your will. What do you want me to do? And, and, and we say, God, I surrender. We write amazing songs about I surrender. Old songs like, I surrender all, all to thee, I surrender. And then we make a list of all the things we want to give up. Anybody with me? And, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Okay, hear me. I'm not saying that is a bad thing. What I am saying, though, is even in our surrender or our yielding, we can still make it all about us. I call that my list of mys. <laughs> Our list of mys. We have a list that we do. God, I give this up. I, I, I give this up. God, I have this. I'm giving it up to you. I, I give this up. And we make it a, a list. In fact, we, we, we go as far, if I can just say this and, and you know, stay with me. Sometimes I think we, we start to negotiate with God. As if surrender is a bargaining chip with the Lord. Listen, thy will be done is 100% God. God doesn't want just a portion of you. He wants all of you. He wants all of me, all of you. But then, as I'm, as I'm studying, I'm, I'm looking at this, that really becomes the struggle for some of us. Because we do this. And, and stay with me, and maybe you've done this, maybe you haven't, and, and if you've never had, you know, these thoughts, I probably need to talk to you afterwards. I'm like, how do you, how have you done this, right? Because sometimes we do this, we say, did I give God everything? Did I surrender everything to him? And if I did, listen, if I did surrender everything to God, then why am I still struggling in this area of my life? See, when we give our lives to Jesus and we repent of our sins and ask him into our lives, there is a real transfer that takes place. Our sins for his righteousness, Thessalonians tells us. And we're no longer alive to sin. We are dead to sin, Romans tells us. Okay, I believe that. And I want you to believe that. Then what's the problem? What's the problem? And why is it that so often in our lives, and I see this with a lot of people, myself included, where, where you do this, but then you end up saying, well, I need to surrender again and again and again and again. You guys with me? Don't raise your hand because you're like, oh, man, he's preaching to me. 
Pastors can always tell, man. Preachers can always tell if they're preaching good because it gets really quiet. But why is it that, that we do that? Like, God, I just surrender again and again. Because if, if we're going to be honest, and I want to be honest with you this morning, we're actually dealing with a sin habit. Because the issue of sin has been taken care of by Christ on the cross. The Bible said that Jesus died on the cross for our sin. Past, present, and future, all sin, which, I mean, we can go into that and talk about that. But what we're saying is when we place our faith in him and we say, Jesus, take all of this, he gives us his righteousness. It's this great exchange. But then there's this, this reality like, okay, well, if I'm dead to sin, then why am I still sinning? Because we have a sin habit, which means we need to be continuing to be changed. I say it, and we say it in this house all the time, we're all in process. We're all in process. Now, I've heard this said, and, and, you know, you might lean into this or not lean into this, but that's okay. I, I've heard this said that you trade a bad habit for a good habit. Well, what you got to do is you got to trade a bad habit for a good habit. Well, great, but it's still all about you. I'm just saying. And if we're honest enough with ourselves, I, I think one of the problems is these habits that we still have or struggle with, we have them because we still like them. Ouch. Stop it, Joe. You're preaching hard. Don't do it. No, I'm preaching the truth. Come on. See, God's will for you, God's will for my life is that you walk in the fullness of Christ and in victory every single day of your life. I talked to a person just, just this last week, and, and they, they, they got to share some of their story with me. And I love hearing people's stories. And they shared a story that's, that's similar to maybe some people. And they said, you know what? I had an addiction most of my life. And this addiction that I had, I tried over and over and over and over again to break it. I, I, went, I went to different places in order to get help with this problem. And they were, they were sharing this with me, and I'm like, I'm listening to them. And they said, I, I, would, I would be good for a while, like maybe even up to a year, and then again, the addiction would come back. And they said, it wasn't until I gave it to God that I walked in freedom. And that person has been walking in freedom for about three and a half years, four years. And I'm like, wow, come on. I'm like, I'm going to use that. That'll preach. God's desire for you is that you walk in victory, that I walk in victory every day, to no longer be bound by sin and darkness. And the only way we can do that, the only way you and I can do that, are you ready? We need Holy Spirit power living on the inside. We need God's power to live this life. Because I don't know about you, but when I try to do it on myself, I, I mess it up every time. I find myself empty and, and, and exhausted and burned out. But when I decide to say, God, I need your strength and your power just to get up sometimes, then he's there. And he is there. And I want you to know, church, God is with you. He is here. So as Betsy said earlier, we are the church coming to a building. But we're also the church when we leave this building. Representing Christ. No matter what we do, whatever career, whatever job, we're representing Christ. Doesn't mean you have to stand up with the Bible and preach, but you, your life needs to represent Christ in the world out there that needs to know him. 
Holy Spirit power on the inside that spills over to the outside. To live thy will and be done with my will. So what does this mean? What does yielding our lives to God look like? It requires that we open our hearts and lives to him, asking him to do what is best in our lives. That's a trust issue right there, isn't it? We've all struggled with that one. Well, God, if you know what's best in my life, then I should trust you, but I really like the direction I'm leading me. And then there's times you're like, nope, that didn't turn out so well. But actually say that, God, I want what's best that you have for me. I mean, a big, big part of walking in God's power, walking in God's will is really lining up with what God's doing. I mean, we say it all the time, and there's times where, like, you know, I've been up here with a message, and I'm like, well, I'm not supposed to preach that today. That always makes me nervous. But here's the thing. I want to be on God's page. I'm not asking God to come and be on my page. His page is still for you. His page is still for you, for your lives, to see your lives not just blessed and like, hey, everything's great, but when you're going through the storms, he's right there. When you're going through the difficulties, he's right there, and you know it. When you're on top of the mountain, you can enjoy his presence because he's there. And I love that. But here's the other thing. We must be willing to lay everything else down. Following God and his will is laying everything else down. And I'm going to be honest, that's not always easy. Because some of the things that God wants us to lay down might be the things that we love the most. And it might be for a season. Some of you might be there right now. And church, I want you to hear, man, you, you might be in a season right now, maybe God's pulled you back for a moment. But here's the thing about God. It might just be for a moment to prepare you for what's next. The season you're coming out of means you're going into another season. And isn't our lives about that? Right? God wants us to enjoy his blessings. He really does. But if you're writing anything down, I want you to, to write this down. The cost of surrender is a life fully alive. The cost of surrender is a life fully alive. Being a follower of Jesus, being a Christian, being a disciple, you can't do it halfway and expect it to really, really be amazing. You can say that a lot of ways. To be a follower of Jesus means every aspect of our lives is his. Every aspect. And sometimes that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. All you Western fans, stay with me. Come on. But every aspect of our lives is his. And the evidence of that, listen, the evidence of that is found in our conduct, our conversation, and our character. This is where we experience the fullness of God. This is where we have joy that continues, even when happiness is long gone. There's joy in knowing that, you know what, someday we're going to see our loved ones again. There's joy that, you know what, this is not the end. As Betsy said it last week, we're just kind of paying rent here. We're, we're, we're moving on. But the thing is, our lives, your life, can make a difference for someone else. So I want to read from Romans 
as we get ready to close here. Romans 12. And I'm going to read it in a translation that I, I don't normally read it in, but it's really good. And I do that sometimes because then those that, you know, memorize Scripture or know exactly where it is, it, it makes you stop and think a little bit. Like, wait, I need, to, I need to lean in. I need to hear this, okay? Romans 12, verse 1. Church, I want you to hear this in your heart. I want you to hear this. Paul is writing here. and says, beloved friends, that's you, that's me. What should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I want to encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. All that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. And this will empower you to discern God's will. As you live a beautiful life, I love that, a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Amen. God's will for my life, God's will for your life is total transformation. Lives that now can go and transform culture and cities. So each and every one of you, I want you to be empowered by God as you leave this place. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So trust in God. Hold on to his promises and yield. Trust in God. Hold on to his promises and yield. 